That remember, is. Remember when you and we went backpacking and you stepped in somebody's poop and then you tracked it into your car and then I drove your car and I was like, hey, what smells like poop? That's true. Uh, see, that's a classic example of somebody not using a cat hole. Hey everyone, it's your host Meg and I am back this week with another Adventure 101 episode for you. I've heard from a few listeners that it can sometimes be hard to understand the lingo that guests and I throw around as we talk about hiking and backcountry camping. I hear you, I got you, and today I'm bringing you a guide to common hiker language. I thought it'd be fun to make this into a game, so one recent weekend evening I plied my partner Ian with a few beers, quizzed him on a list of hiking terms, and defined all the terms he couldn't. The results are informative, sometimes funny, and often crass, so be warned this episode definitely earns its explicit rating. I'll include a list of terms in the show notes and probably share some of them to the podcast social channels. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok under Catch Me Outside Podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please leave a rating and a review and tell your friends about it. I also love to hear directly from listeners, so DM me through the show's social media channels or send an email to catchmeoutsidepod at gmail.com if you have a suggestion or any feedback. Anyway, I'm Megan Dallaire, this is Catch Me Outside, and without further delay, let's get to it. Okay, now we're now we're recording again. That's a good start. Thank you. And with that, Ian, what is your backpacking experience? Uh, we went that one time. Where did we go? Okay, so we <clears> went <throat> to we went to Frontenac in May for your birthday. <laughs> Happy birthday, Ian! Something you hate <laughs> for two nights. <laughs> Wasn't it three nights? Mm, oh, maybe. I thought it was two. Felt like, but felt like seven. I I bet. So yeah, tell me tell me about your Ontario spring backpacking experience. I remember we got there and there was a bit of there was a bit of chit chatting with the park staff and we got and and oh yeah we were like how are the bugs and they're like ah you know like. They're out there, but, you know, like, you come in May, there's a lot of mosquitoes. You come in June, there's black flies. I don't know. They had the whole, they knew. Yeah. But they made it. They're like, but you drove here. You're all the way here. You're already here. Nothing we say is going to make you turn around and go home, so we might as well give you some hope. They didn't even make it sound bad. They actually made it sound like it was kind of average. Yeah. How was it? Not average. How many mosquitoes were there? All of them. Yeah, so so I I decided to take Ian to Frontenac for his for the weekend of his birthday a couple of years ago, and uh, yeah, it was um, it was very hot. Was it hot? Yeah, yeah it was yeah. pretty hot. Yeah, it, was it was very hot. hot. It rained the whole time, basically. Um, can and I swear? Yeah. Oh, yeah, we can swear. Fucking a. <laughs> I have an explicit rating on the show. It rained the whole time, mostly, and when it wasn't raining, we were we were fighting through swarms of mosquitoes. Ian had never been backpacking before, and uh, so that's your backpacking experience. So you went backpacking with me once. It's true. And you've done a bit of, like, random ass... Oh, wait. I have other backpacking experience. In the woods? In the wilderness? Yes. Okay. Where? When I was... Uh... I was a kid. I was a little kid. It's probably like 10. And um, I went to a sleepover camp. Uh, I forget which camp it was. It was a YMCA camp. Okay. Uh, so anyway, part of this stayover camp was we were going to do like a hiking trip. And I guess it was over a weekend maybe. Yeah. And uh, they provided the backpacks. Because kids don't have backpacks. Those backpacks must have been so shitty. Oh, yeah. 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 And uh, I had a, I actually had a great sleeping bag, but the sleeping bag was too big to fit in the backpack. 
So they were like, oh, well, let's just like bring these blankets. You'll be fine. Because like our counselors are like 15, 16. Like, yeah. (laughs) So we go. And I remember like, I don't know where the hell we went, but we got off the bus. We started walking and it's like the first day. And I'm like, I hate this. Like, I I want to die or go home oh God. or go home and die. <laughs> and we finish hiking. We get to the camp. We set up camp. We all go to sleep. I'm totally not even close to warm enough. I still think that was the worst night of sleep I ever had in my life. I didn't sleep. Really? I didn't you sleep. have insomnia. Well. And you've slept on a train. Didn't you ride a train, like, across the country? I have. You've also taken greyhounds across across the yeah. country. Yeah. And this was the worst night of sleep. I think so. Wow. All right. So we have established that you have some backpacking experience and uh, you also share a, a small living space with somebody who backpacks and talks about it like pretty much constantly. So we've established that um, that you have some backpacking knowledge. It's not your favorite but you do it. You've been exposed to it. So um, I'd like to see how you do uh, defining a list of backpacking, not just backpacking, outdoor outdoor backcountry. It's kind of a combination of some climbing terms because, you know, I've been doing a lot of climbing and I really enjoy that and backpacking terms. And some of these are, you know, like they, they might cross over. You hike to get to a uh, crag. And maybe you will sleep in a sleeping bag or a or a bear burrito. It's one of the words on our list. So, um, yeah, I have been hearing from people that they are hearing words on the podcast that they don't understand. And uh, I've been prompted a few times to record an episode um, describing some hiker terms. So I'm really glad that you've agreed to help me with this today um, since you've had almost five years to absorb this information. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) So you're going to help me help people who listen to the podcast by defining a bunch of outdoor adventure terms. So I'm going to read them to you. Let's do it. You're going to do your best to tell me what you think the definition of this word is. And I'm going to tell you if you got it right, and then I'm going to define it properly if you didn't. Are you ready? Yes. What is type two fun? Um, that's the type of fun that you can manage with insulin. (laughs) Okay. You've never heard me talk about type two fun? No. Yeah, you did. Um, what do you think type type, two fun is? Type one fun is fun that you're, you're doing it and you're like, Hey, this is so fun. And type two fun is like, this fucking sucks. And then after the fact, you're like, that was fun. That was fun. Yeah. That's pretty much it. Yeah. That's it. Wow. You actually get a point for that. Okay. You get a point for type two fun. If you get... I get um, a point for the diabetes joke, too. You get half a point. But uh, because some people listening to this might have diabetes and they might be really upset. My father had diabetes. Diabetes is no joke. However... That was a joke. That was a joke. (laughs) And it was a joke. Diabetes is not a joke, but that joke was funny. That Okay, fine. That was a good joke. Okay, so type two fun. That's it. Okay, so type, yeah, like you said, type one fun. It's fun while you're doing it. Um, like going on a roller coaster or going tobogganing where you don't get injured. Um, type two fun. It's not fun while you're doing it, but later in retrospect, you're like, wow, that was a really great time. It's basically exactly what you said. Mm-hmm. Shoulder season. Ian, what is sh- is shoulder season? Um... Is that when it snows on your shoulders, so you got to get head and shoulders shampoo? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, shoulder season is fall <laughs> or spring. Yes. Why is it called shoulder season? Is like is the head summer and I, the shoulders are fall and spring? I don't, I don't know. And it's weird because the first time I heard shoulder season, I think was at a, probably at a mountain equipment co-op store back when they used to be cool and a co-op um and i was like oh yeah shoulder season that makes sense it's when your shoulders get strong i guess because a shoulder is a transition 
I guess in your body maybe and your arm. Yeah. Okay. So shoulder season, I guess, like in the in the northern hemisphere, it could be. Well, it's probably the same everywhere. Basically, wherever you are, shoulder season is the months between the peak season. So if the peak season is summer, then shoulder season will be like, yeah, like spring and, and fall. And I don't know. Is that Otis? Hi. Ah. Hello. <laughs> You're on a podcast now. <laughs> Okay, so yeah, shoulder season is the months between the peak season or on either side of the peak season. Shoulder season is great because um, it's not as busy. So if you're trying to plan a backpacking trip or camping trip or something like that, well, those are both camping trips. Um, as you know, my family always camps in the fall. It's And it's true. fucking lovely. Camping in the fall is great because there are fewer people to compete with for sites um, in Ontario, there are like no bugs. It's cooler. It's, it's not so humid. Um, and if you are trying to camp somewhere where you have to book sites in advance and it's really competitive, you're so much more likely to get your sites. So probably talk about shoulder season a lot on the show. Lash. Ian, can you please define lash? What does, what does lash mean? I'm going to say that means I don't I don't know, but I'm going to say that means to Yeah, no, I do know. It means to tie mean? something to something. Oh shit, I should tell you it's an acronym. What? It's an acronym. It's L stands it's L A S H. What does that mean? What do you think that stands for? Ah. Uh. Although you're right. Okay, I'll give you a point. I'll give you – I will give you a point for saying that you lash something to something because, yes. But this is an acronym, L-A-S-H, lash. This will come up probably in the podcast at some point because I'm planning one. Um, I think it stands for literally anything sucks, eh? Literally anything it it almost 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 it stands for long long ass section hike huh those right. can suck too long ass section hikes can suck so long ass section hike uh so that is an extended hike or or yeah like an extended hike or an extended backpacking trip um that might be a section of a, or usually will be a section of a long distance trail. So for example, if somebody were to hike, you know, 500 kilometers of the Great Divide Trail, uh, that would be considered a long ass section hike. Or if somebody were to hike the California section of the PCT, like I'm hoping to do next year, that would be considered a long ass section hike. So it's not a through hike. It's not like a little baby weekend hike. No offense. I also love baby weekend hikes. Um, it's a long-ass section hike. Okay, Nero. Actually, here. You know what? I'll make this a little easier for you. Zero. What is a zero? A zero? Yes. If I were to take a zero, what would that mean? Uh... got nothing <laughs> that's okay <laughs> it's distracting otis is in the background eating his crunchy crunchy dinner i mean that was also a joke by oh the i way. got nothing oh my god <laughs> <laughs> no one can see how hard my eyes just rolled like i saw my my brain just now through my eye sockets um wow. i guarantee you your listeners got that before you did uh, yeah guaranteed we're the same person but i don't get your jokes for some reason Okay, a zero. A zero is uh, a long-distance hiking term for when you reach a town, at, say, in the morning, and then you take a full day off, and you, you, don't, you don't hike that day, or maybe you, you spend the night, and then you, uh, yeah, you take, like, a full day off to, like, rest and eat yummy food and get groceries and 
resupply and charge all your devices and and whatever. Got a foot rub and I don't know. I call that a triple S. Triple S? Yeah, shower, shit, and shave. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. That's it. You dye your hair. You (laughs) whatever. You get a filling done. Whatever little thing you have to do. Reapply your henna. Reapply your henna. Re uh, insert your clip in uh, fake dreadlocks. Mm-hmm. If you are um, a white girl named Mindy or something, I don't know. Um, was that offensive? <laughs> <laughs> Only to white Mindy's with dreads. Sorry, white Mindy with clip in dreads. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah, I guess Mindy who grew her dreads definitely not bothered. She might still be kind of bothered, but she can write in. Um, yeah, so it's like a full, full on day off the trail to, to do stuff in town, to catch up on your non-hiking errands. Um, people might use a Nero for, or a Zero for like repairing gear, doing laundry, etc. So um, where does Nero come in? Okay, so a Nero is like not, oh it's almost a zero it's almost a zero you do maybe you hike into town you do a bunch of stuff and you hike out that day right. whereas usually with the zero you're gonna spend the night near town so you know you're not hiking in and out on the same day but a nero might be also a zero is not necessarily in town a zero could be on the trail a zero could be you wake up and instead of packing your stuff and hiking on, you just spend the whole day. It's like what what you would like us to do when we go camping. Yeah, go to sit a campsite there and actually enjoy it. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it's like that. There's no there's no hiking. You staying in one place for a day. Um, might not be in town. It could be at a, at your wherever you pitched your tent, and maybe you're gonna do laundry. Usually, it involves doing some camp chores, but it's also helpful because you give your body a rest. Uh, so a Nero is just like. Not quite a zero. You're doing doing other stuff. Not you're not doing the most, but you're doing some. But you're not doing the least either. Sounds like the last two years of my life. Yeah. Last two years of a lot of people's lives. All right. We got so many more words to define. Let's do it. Let's do this. Bear burrito. That's a camper in a sleeping bag. Very close, actually. It's a camper in a hammock. Oh. Yes. Wow. I was trying to be funny. You were, well, the, the thing is about some of these terms is that they just are funny. Mm. So, yeah, it's a camper nestled in a hammock. Um, hammock camping is, is pretty popular. Uh, it's becoming more widespread. There are ways to sleep in hammocks that don't wreck your back. Um, and there are hammocks specifically designed for, for camping. Um, so instead of sleeping in a tent, you sleep in a hammock. And it's all wrapped. You're, you're kind of cocoon in there. Hmm. Like a burrito. And the idea is, actually, this has happened. People have been attacked in hammocks. I think a guy died in a bear attack. He was sleeping in a hammock. Uh, so, yeah, you're just there. The bear can come grab you. It does. It is kind of not great for that guy. But anyway. I have a question. Yeah. Are all hammocks made in Hamtramck? I have a question. Yes. Where's Hamtramck? Detroit. Really? Yep. That's a real thing. Oh yeah. Wait, is it's a it's a place in Detroit? It's a what is it? A neighborhood in Detroit? A factory in Detroit? It's a yeah. It's like a neighborhood in Detroit. Maybe. Hamtramck rules, by the way. You been there? Oh yeah. Go for you. Cool story. I didn't get a hammock. No. Then they must not be made there, because if that was the place where they make all the hammocks then they would hand them out. They'd be like, oh, thank you for coming. Like, here's your complimentary hammock. Um, but uh, they they don't. So anyway, Bear Burrito, it's a, it's a nickname. It's a euphemism for a hammock. Cat hole. What's a cat hole, Ian? Cat hole is a little hole that you dig with your trowel to take a shit in. It's true. It is. Yes. So, uh, can you use it in a sentence, please? Totally shouldn't have had those nachos on my neuro because my cat hole this morning was not nearly deep enough. (laughs) Oh, those in-town stops at Taco Bell. Just, you just go right over the top of the cat hole. 
All right, so that's a cat hole. You got to dig a cat hole when you have to take a poop. If there's no toilet, if there's no privy, if there's no thunderbox, it's leave no trace principles. You can't just drop a deuce on the ground. You have to dig a hole. You got to dig that hole deep enough so that it's covered in dirt, but you can't dig it too deep because the little microbes have to be able to get to your poop and break it down. So you got to dig your hole with your trowel. You got to poop in it. You got to take a stick. You have to stir that poop up with some some other organic material to help the bacteria get in there. I it's didn't true. do that. Well, you were supposed to do that. I'm going to bury it. And uh, that's good. That is very good. Burying it is good. So that is a cat hole. That remember, is. Remember when you you went backpacking and you stepped in somebody's poop and then you tracked it into your car and then I drove your car and I was like, hey, what smells like poop? That's true. Uh, see, that's a classic example of somebody not using a cat hole. And also, not only did they not use a cat hole. Okay, so it was winter time. Can't dig in the ground. I understand. It's fine. But there was a thunderbox on the campsite. I used the thunderbox. I was fine with it. And also, at least like bury the poop in the snow if you have to. Just like bury it. And also, there was poopy toilet paper there. And also, pre-pooped. Well, it was post pooped. Poopy toilet. Oh, I see. In the uh, yes, I see. What did you? What? What? I was. Fixated. When would there ever be pre pooped toilet paper? Well, <laughs> you know, part of success in business is finding a niche. Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. But the worst part was that they pooped. They dropped that deuce on top of the snow right under the best branch for hanging food in the whole area. I didn't really need to hang my food because the bears were hibernating and this was a winter backpacking trip. But still, it's a habit. I don't think it's a bad habit. I know that there are like detractors from the food hanging and I understand it. But it was right under the best branch for food hanging and the deuce was there. And you know what? I was so mad I didn't hang my food. I tied it to a tree. Like, low down. Like, not very high up at all. Six feet from my tent. And uh, it's okay, because the bears were sleeping, and that's what a cat hole is, everybody. Dig a cat hole. Poop in it. Don't just poop on the ground. Don't poop under where people hang their food. Don't leave poopy toilet paper on the trail. Okay? Okay. Alpine start. What, Ian, is an alpine start? Is that when you start a trail at a high altitude? That's a very good guess. Yeah. Uh, no, it's false, but it's a very good guess. I respect the. I respect it. And. <laughs> and <laughs> but you're fucking wrong. Uh, it's totally incorrect. It's not even close. Well, you got the start part. You got that you start. And you did get that there's something involving an al- an alpine. Uh, an alpine start is when you wake up really, 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 really early to start hiking when you're backpacking. Um, so you're waking up like long before sunrise. You're, you're, you're on the trail while it's still dark. It's called an alpine start because um, the, the, I mean like the origin of the term, I guess, is in people who are climbing mountains because if you're hiking on mountains at high elevation in the summertime there's a really high risk that lightning storms will roll in in the afternoon and if you are at high elevations at that time then you have a you you've, you're facing a really high risk of getting caught in a lightning storm and if you're high up and you're exposed and you're gonna get struck by lightning even though you said it doesn't happen it does I'll tell you stories it's happened my I, I know aunt got happens. struck by lightning well, anyway, I know, I know. Okay, so alpine start. The other reason for alpine starts is uh, if you're hiking in the mountains, say in the Sierra Nevada, where like there might be a lot of snow at the top of the mountains or glaciers or something, that water's going to melt. Like in Lynn Canyon, that's like glacial water, right? The water's going to melt during, during the day. Um, the higher elevations are going to heat up under the sun and the water is going to thaw faster. And the current and the water levels are going to rise. So you want to get hiking really early in the morning to avoid potential thunderstorms and to avoid those high water levels. And that's important if you're hiking at high elevations in mountains 
um, or in mountain ranges in the spring where water might be melting. Um, but lots of people who aren't hiking in the mountains might also just use the word alpine start to describe getting up and being on trail before the sun comes up. I love it. I love, I love getting up that early. Hiking by headlamp in the morning, there's just something about it. That's some smart naturing Thanks. with the water thing. Right? Yeah. Yeah, if you have to if you have to cross if you have to cross a river, um if you have to cross many rivers and these are like dangerous rivers with a lot of water, you want to do it early in the morning before the water melts. So that's an alpine start, Ian. I have to pee. Okay. Ian, you know what the next word means. You know what this means. You do it all the time. It's a full send. Fuck yeah. What's a full send? Full send is when you give her. But what's the result? Do you do you flop? Do you do you give her but then like fall short? Oh well. What's the follow through? <clears throat> what is what is a full send? Where I come from, a full send means commitment. It doesn't. It it's not contingent on whether or not you are successful. Okay. Okay. It's 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 an Otis interlude. Yeah. Okay. It, it's uh, yeah. Where do you come from? You go for it. Go for it in that's, the world that's of full bike motocross. With commitment and devotion and earnestness. Every bit of yourself is is going after that. There's no hesitation. Mm. That's a full send. Damn. Okay. Even if you don't nail it. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's so um, wholesome. In as far as I know, in the climbing world, a full send is when you you send your your problem, your project, your route. Otis just made a full send. Uh, you send it, you finish it, you get to the top, you complete it. It's done, it's achieved. And that's a full send. But I like yours better. Your heart is in it. You are on your little you're on the BMX. It's got pegs. Mm-hmm. It has stickers. I'm looking at it and you fully send it with your heart. <laughs> Thank you, Otis. Thank you, Otis. Chubrub. Can you describe or can you can you define what chubrub is for someone who has no idea what you're talking about? It's- rawness from uh friction you get a burn and it's it's particularly on your chub on your chub wherever your chub happens to be often thigh i think for for us people with full hips and thighs the chub rub is usually on the inner thigh from the repeated movement of walking over and over and over and over again uh often in shorts if it's summertime it's not good. It doesn't feel good. I don't understand why you don't just wear longer shorts. Uh, they ride up. Even if they're longer, they just ride up. Where does you? Where do you get chub rub? <sighs> On my penis, like every other man. Really? Fuck yeah. That's a real thing. Persic- particularly. Persicu- particularly on the sides of the protum. The pro the prototype, mm-hmm. the protum type. Uh, oh, interesting. Like on the taint? You can get it on the taint from cycling. Ooh. <clears throat> Ow. Unless you, remember... you wear like those diaper pants. Well, that's what those diaper pants are made to mitigate. Mm. And like the correct saddle kind source. of the correct kind of saddle too. Yeah. Um, so yeah, chub rub. Chub rub. It's a, it's a thing. You can mitigate it with products. Uh, on my, I, I did a hike in September. I talk about it all the time on this podcast. We should make a drinking game out of it. And I learned that lip chap, chapstick specifically, uh, mitigated my chub rub. I had chub rub by the second day of my hike. And that was like a 29 kilometer day. And I rubbed some chapstick on there and, uh, it was better. And it smelled like cherries. 
Um, hiker trash. Ian, what is hiker trash? Better yet, I guess I should ask you who. Who is hiker trash? People who do not respect the leave no trace principles. That's a good guess. No, hiker trash is just basically uh, all the dirty, unwashed, smelly hikers who've like lost their sense of like social propriety, uh, who come into towns off the trail and they're all like dirty and smelly and, you know, just like trashy. Hiker trash. Wait a minute. It's kind of an affectionate term. Are you sure? Yeah. It doesn't sound very affectionate. Sounds it like is. It sounds like you're talking down on dirty hikers who've forgotten their social norms. I mean, people refer to themselves as hiker trash. Hiker trash is a term of endearment for those in the long-distance hiking community who have chosen to ditch social norms and... Sorry, I just had to... I, I clicked on the definition. Oh, it's a whole novel. Okay, so this is... It's not a novel. It's it's a respectable length. This is a definition from sectionhiker.com that I just found by Googling. The label hiker trash is a term of endearment for those in the long-distance hiking community who have chosen to ditch social norms and live another way while on a trail. A pop-up just came up. Journey. Trail journey. That another way can be both wondrous and freeing yet also a bit confusing to those that come upon us outside a grocery store as we shovel chips into our mouths. So it's like, it's a term of endearment. It's like, mm, I'm hyper, I'm hiker trash. It's like the punk, punk rockers of the outdoors. Far out. So that's hiker trash. R value. R value, like the letter R? Yes, or, or R values. <clears throat> What are, what is the R value? What are our values? Mm. Not our values. Our values. R. The uh, letter R. Um, resourcefulness. Um, r running ability. Um. <laughs> The capacity of an insulating material to resist heat flow? Yeah, if it started with an R, maybe. A measure of how well a two-dimensional barrier, such as a layer of insulation, a window, or a complete wall or ceiling, resists the conductive flow of heat? I think the R... I'm going to guess that the R stands for resistance. Um, I actually don't know for sure i just i just decided that i'm pretty sure the r and r value stands for resistance but an r value is basically like the insulating quality of a material it started as a construction term but then the outdoor industry co-opted it and applied it to sleeping pads and air mattresses but not sleeping bags okay so a backpacking or camping Sleeping pads are a value measures its resistance to heat loss to the ground when you lie on it at night. So that's what that is. Camel up. Camel up. Camel up. Camel up. Camel up. Is that when you when you pull up your and you? No, no, that's not what it is. Would you like to hear it in a sentence? Uh, what does camel up? mean so camel up is uh it's a thing you do uh when you get to a water source if you're hiking you get to a water source you drink as much water as you can stand to drink so that you're like as hydrated as possible and then you don't have to carry as much i mean you technically should still carry like some water with you but some people will choose to just camel up and not carry water which i don't endorse but cameling up does mean that you're super hydrated and uh, your water, the water you carry goes that much farther. Doesn't make sense. Why? We well. Um, camels store water. <laughs> I'm going to open my argument with saying that we are not camels. How do you know? Well, I don't. But I'm pretty sure we're not camels. Okay. Um, if you look at trained athletes they're actually very careful not to drink too much water and there's a reason for that 
Okay, why don't they drink a lot of water? Because they'll have to pee? Because it uh, it slows you down. You have to exert you have to exert more effort to do the same work. What kinds of athletes though? Are you talking about like extreme like BMX riders or are you talking about people who walk a lot? I thought I'd save you all having to listen to Ian and I debate the virtues of cameling up. I will say though, we went on a hike last weekend. One of us decided to camel up and it was not me. So Ian does not agree with cameling up. If we were in a casino and there were two things to put your money on and one of them was it doesn't matter and the other one was the water in your body slows your ass down because there's too much water in every fucking area of your body and it's just more work for your body to work. It'd be like putting too much oil in your car. It's but not if, good. But what if the alternative is uh, if you don't drink that much water, you're going to have to stop and, and, and filter more water in an hour, and it saves you that time? It's probably better if you do stop. You're, you're fucking walking all day. Well, okay, you don't have to stop every hour to filter water normally. I'm not trying to stomp the earth into submission. Like, I'm just, I'm just like, going out. I'm checking the vibe. I'm like, oh yeah, this is cool, you know. Stop, filter some water. Oh, look at the leaves oh, up there's above. There's a beaver me. dam. They're oh, this pond like is the best place I should filter fingers. water. Oh, I'm gonna filter water at every beaver dam. Remember the beaver dam that we had a snack at? Yeah, it was really buggy. Yeah, most of what I ate was bugs. Yeah, protein. That's what you got. That's what got you through. You never want to drink the water at a. Oh yeah, beaver fever. What's beaver fever? It's not on my list. I'm adding it. Giardia. Giardia. It is a bad thing. Giardia. Beaver fever, also known as Giardia. Giardia is a, uh, I think it's a protozoan microbe. It's a thing you don't want to eat. It's going to make you sick. It's often found in water that's contaminated with animal feces or also just places contaminated with the feces of people who have Giardia. Uh, It will make you poop. It'll make you vomit. It'll make you have a fever. Uh, it'll make you really, really sick. Uh, if anyone ever says, um, don't drink from that water or you'll get beaver fever, just just don't drink from it. Just don't do it. Okay, next definition. Ramen bomb. What is a ramen bomb? It's what you drop in the cat hole the next morning after you had ramen for dinner the third night in a row. <laughs> That's a good one. That's a good one. Okay, so a ramen bomb is a fabled slash also apparently popular backpacking meal uh, for people who are kind of ultralight or low effort um, that usually involves a pack of ramen noodles, a pack of dehydrated mashed potatoes, and some other random ingredients like um, Spam. Craft cheese slices, peanut butter, dehydrated vegetables, tuna, chicken packets, pickles, all kinds of really delicious things. That's a ramen bum. Yo-yo. What's a yo-yo? It's like when you see your bud on the next mountain and you're like, yo, yo. Yo. That's what it is. Uh... Yeah, actually, that's what it is. Just kidding. A yo-yo is when you uh, hike to the end of a long-distance hiking trail, and you get all the way to the end of it, and then you turn around, and you hike all the way back to the beginning. All right, next word. Flip-flop. It's the stupid sandals. What? The sandals. They said samples. It's those fucking (laughs) samples. In the world of long-distance hiking... A flip-flop is when somebody completes a long-distance trail by hiking. Maybe they first go northbound from the southern terminus to, say, halfway up the trail. And then they get off the trail. They go up to the north terminus. And then they hike back down to the middle where they got off. They flip up and then they flop down. That's a flip-flop. Hmm. Why would you do that? Um, you might do that if the trail you're hiking is so long that the seasons are going to change while you're hiking it. 
So you might start the the trail in the spring and by the time it's over, it's like late fall. And maybe the place where you would, if you went straight from the south to the north, the place you're going to be in the north in the fall is going to be like kind of dangerous. Um, so you might opt to skip up there early to avoid the dangerous weather and then hike down to complete the trail in the middle. Or you might do it if... Um, hiking northbound, like continuing to hike is going to bring you into like dangerous conditions. Like it's usually about timing. Um, so a lot of people, for example, on the Pacific Crest Trail will, will flip flop because it helps them avoid wildfire closures, um, or bad weather in like Northern Washington because it can get really snowy and treacherous and dangerous up there. So they flip up to the Canadian border in like whatever, I don't know, July or something. And then they hike back down. And then they, yeah, so that's a, it's a flip-flop. It's come up on the show before. I'm pretty sure. There's word for that. What's that? Cheating. Cheating? <laughs> many, 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 many people would agree with you. Yeah. The thing is, though, um, because of climate change, it's not going to be possible for much longer to hike long-distance trails the traditional way because wildfire season is longer and more intense. I can already tell by looking at you that you're going to say something really smart-assy, so you might as well just say it. Did you read that on the internet? Well, folks, that's a flip-flop. Scrambling. What is might somebody be doing if they are scrambling they're doing a shitty job of climbing up a rock face or a hill or whatever well yeah more or less i think shitty is a value judgment (laughs) um i think you might be editorializing there but they are climbing up a a a boulder or a rock face that doesn't necessarily require you know the most technical climbing skills uh it might not be bouldering it might not be sport climbing but yeah, they're they're using all fours to to get over a rock. It's a term often used in peak biking and sometimes long distance hiking. It just means like you're you've got to climb up over a, like a little tiny cliff or a ridge or a rock or a boulder or something using your hands and feet. If you're really talented, you'll be scrambling some eggs on your way up. Maybe who knows? Cowboy camping or cowpoke camping. Sleeping under the stars. Aren't we always sleeping under the stars? Truly. Sleeping out in the open. Sleeping on the ground. No tent. Bugs. Devil may care. Bugs go in your nose. They go in your eyes. You know what gets me? What? Looking at stars is time travel. It is. Yeah. You're seeing back in time. That blows my mind. Okay, we still have so many words to go. Let's go. What's the next word? All right. Next word. Nobo. N-O-B-O. You are reading. Well, no, I guess in this context you'd be hearing it. Uh, So the context might be, uh, I did the Great Divide Trail Nobo. Or Nobo hiked the Great Divide Trail. Oh, you did it with no boat. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, It was really hard to get through like the super dry sections without a boat, but I did it. Well, I mean, how else are you going to? Uh, shelter yourself from the sun than by turning your boat upside down and sleeping underneath it. Nobo, it's northbound. The inverse of nobo is sobo. Do you know what that means? Some boat. Some boat, exactly. Could also be uh, interpreted as southbound. Southbound. Yeah, that's that's a way of seeing it. Trail angel. It's a trail angel. Trail angel. A person or persons who leave items behind for other trail travelers. Uh, yeah, so a trail angel might show up and they might offer food. They might offer rides to and from town or to and from the trail. They might offer encouragement. All right, so uh, sticking with the same theme as trail angel, what is trail magic? <clears throat> trail magic is when 
Shit works out on the trail, and it has something to do with trail angels. It's just the thing that a trail angel does. They do trail magic, like a trail magician. Vitamin I, Ian. What might I be taking if I said, today I really need some vitamin I? Vitamin I, I think it, it means uh, taking some me time. Oh, that's a really good guess. Oh, I like that. Um, no, but like that should be, that should be a thing. Yeah, vitamin I, or maybe it would be vitamin me, but me is not a letter. Vitamin I means uh, ibuprofen. Mm. It's for, for so often uh, people who are hiking all day, every day for like weeks or months at a time, they get real achy, they get real sore, their feet ache, their shoulders ache, everything, knees, thighs, hips, um, necks. So they take their vitamin every day and it's ibuprofen. They wake up in the morning and the first thing they do is take ibuprofen. It's vitamin I. They take it every day. Hikers must have completely fucked stomachs because ibuprofen is so bad for your stomach and all the shit that you eat on the trail is so bad for your stomach. There there are prescription anti-inflammatories that you can get that are easy on the stomach lining. Yeah, but Talk no doctor would prescribe that if you're like, oh yeah, I'm going to take it every day for five months. That's not true. I got a prescription for one. And you're like, I need five months worth? No, I mean, it's like I can renew it every month, but like I'm supposed to take it every day. But you have to go in person to renew it, right? Well, yeah, but if you need it like in advance, I'm sure you can work that out. Like it's not a, it's not a controlled substance. Mm -hmm. But your doc, but a doctor would prescribe it for like five months of continuous use. A sports doctor would. Huh. No, it's not good. Okay, so yeah, side note, um, through hiking is spiritually very good for you, uh, and it's good cardio, and it uh, builds your leg muscles up, but yeah, through hiking diets for, for a lot of people are like, like really fucking bad, like really bad, so much sodium. Um, a lot of carbs, obviously, but the carbs are good. Like there's nothing wrong with carbs, but yeah, like a lot of sodium, a lot of processed food. A lot of people just like don't even eat dinner. They just eat like chips and chocolate bars legitimately. Like it's a real thing. I eat goldfish, goldfish, pizza flavored goldfish are the only thing that I can eat when my appetite is at its lowest while I'm hiking. Like if I... I don't know if, it, if I've just started hiking too early in the morning or um, if I haven't had enough water, but I need to eat pizza goldfish. It's all I can eat. Hmm. It's the only thing I will eat. I always have pizza goldfish in my fanny pack for emergencies. Well, that explains why the pizza goldfish is an at-risk species. But, um, uh, Karen. What's a Karen? It's a, it's a woman who wants to speak to the management, but in Ireland. Karen, uh, I predicted you were going to say something like that like five hours ago. Karen. We uh, got ourselves a Karen here. <laughs> Close. Uh, no, it couldn't be farther from the truth. Karen is a harmless little rock pile. Actually, they're not all harmless. Karens can be very... Uh, shitty uh okay so a cairn is supposed to be a cairn is supposed to be a rock pile created yeah, by it tells you where to go right yeah and usually like the person who creates a cairn is like trail maintenance or a park employee or like uh somebody who is really 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 familiar with the trail but sometimes people who don't know any better like karens just build a cairn like oh it's pretty Oh, like, oh, look, like I made an art thing. Oh, look, it's a nice spot for a cairn. There was a point on the Sunshine Coast Trail where I went to the very, very top of this little peak because I saw a cairn there. I was like, oh, this must be the right way to go. I don't know. It kind of looks like it's leading me that way, so I'm just going to go up that thing. That wasn't where the trail went. That cairn wasn't leading anywhere. It was leading to nowhere. It was leading to the steep side of the other side of, of the mountain. 
um, people just put them up for fun. And those Karens got to get knocked over. Did you fuck it up? The Karen? Hmm? I did. I pushed it over with my right foot. I, I kicked it over. I didn't kick it violently. I just like, I just like pushed it over. And uh, then I kept hiking because like where it was too was really exposed and it was already confusing and uh, the Karen really just like fucked things up and it definitely wasn't in the right direction. So, yep, I showed that Karen who's boss, backcountry bidet. A lake. No. That's it? That's all you got for me? Yep. Backcountry bidet is a water bottle with a lid that has a little hole in it. Yeah, I knew that. And when you go poop, well, then why didn't you say that? Because I'm drunk. Oh, okay. And uh, it's got a little hole in the lid, and when you, after you go poop, instead of using toilet paper, or instead of using as much toilet paper as you might have, you fasten the lid with the hole or, like, the bidet attachment onto your water bottle full of water, and you spray it. It washes the poop off, and uh, you are clean without using a lot of toilet paper, in theory. And, uh, yeah, it's apparently an ultralight alternative to carrying a lot of toilet paper that is apparently also, well, I mean, like, definitely more environmentally friendly um, than throwing a, well, yeah, yeah, than throwing a bunch of toilet paper on the ground and backcountry bidet cleans your butt. Okay, so... Uh, this is basically the end of the episode. Uh, there are no more words. Well, how'd I do? Oh, um, um, I only scored the first three words. And how'd I do? You got three and a half out of three. That's great. Yeah, that's really good. That's really, really good. Yeah, you aced, you um, basically took ownership over the entire vocabulary of the outdoors. So good job. Yeah, you got three and a half out of three. You got 1.5 for type two fun. <laughs> um, when really I should have just given you 0.5 because whatever. Well, it's okay. You got 1.5 for type two fun. You got one for shoulder season and you got one for lash. All right. And then I didn't mark any of the other ones after 3. that. 3.5 out of 3. It's pretty good. Yep. I got to tell you, Meg, it's hard to be humble. You're really good at it, though. Thanks. <laughs>